Hello, and welcome to Forward Church Online. In this weekly podcast, we hope that you'll have an encounter with God through inspired teaching and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Man, I'm, I'm a little nervous. I, some, of you, some of you may be lost here this morning. And I'm not talking about salvation. Maybe you really have forgotten. How many went to elementary school? Come on now. One of the things they taught us many, many years ago that we would remember our home address. Where do you live? Can you name your mommy and daddy? School resource officers go into elementary schools to talk to children about 911 addresses. This morning you might be thinking, where in the world is he going? Into God's Word. We are getting ready to enter into the passion of the Christ. Last Sunday we looked at the power of being at the cross How many enjoyed what God delivered into our hearts last Sunday? Yes? Amen? This morning, we're going to take a look at where you can live. Not your physical address, but where you can live spiritually. And you have two options. And you really won't be able to create a third one because it's not in God's Word. There are only two gardens. (gasps) Oh, I slipped. I've already let you in. You can live in the Garden of Eden, which is the Garden of the Flesh, or you can live in the Garden of Gethsemane, which is the heart of the Father. But you can't live in both. So this message this morning really won't be attractive to those who may be outside of Christ. Because since I was raised up in the church, and my father was a pastor... I know that this Sunday and next Sunday is when anyone and everyone comes because it's the Easter season. That doesn't mean that they're lost necessarily, but it's time for them to return to the Father's heart. So I'm really bringing a message this morning to those who are actually in Christ, but have been living on both ends of the spectrum. Some days I'm in the flesh living in the Garden of Eden, and some days I'm actually living in the Garden of Gethsemane, living out the will of the Father. This is what the Bible is talking about in Romans chapter 8 and verse 5. Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. So when you see someone going after the things of this world, you know their mind set. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. So you're either driven by the natural realm or you're driven by the heavenly realm. You're either in the Garden of Eden, and you're going to about in a few moments see what that means, or you're living in the Garden of Gethsemane carrying out the will of the Father. Now that doesn't mean that you're going to be sweating great drops of blood because that's already been accomplished. 
But what we are focusing in on is it was in the Garden of Gethsemane that Jesus had a conversation with his father. And see, all of you that know Christ know what he said. I'd sure like to get the heck out of this game plan. What I'm doing is articulating it into our um, generation. I know exactly what he said. Not my will, but thine be done. Okay, I understand that. But I'm trying to bring it to where our young people will understand. Jesus basically said, you know what, if I could have my way, I wouldn't go through with this. I would go right back to the Garden of Eden and I'd live out my fleshly desires. But since I'm connected to you and you are my father, I'll bypass what I want and I want to accept and embrace what you... Do you see the difference between nominal, natural Christians who have come into the kingdom? Natural meaning it is natural to be born again, but they don't come under the will of the Father. They still operate by the flesh. Ooh, the Holy Spirit is here this morning, ladies and gentlemen. If all of us who are married would put our marriage vows over into the Father's will, the Garden of Gethsemane, we'd have less friction in the home. I'm about to preach, church. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16 says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. I wish I could stand before you at this ripe age of 21 and tell you that when you come... Thank you. That when you came into Christ, the only thing you had to live with was your new nature. But the truth is, and you know it as well as I do, that old nature still wants to be fed. It still shows up. It showed up in my life this past week as I've been working through a lot of documents. And I found myself going back to the cross. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 10 says, Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of this life. When you see people deserting you, don't jump on the bandwagon and don't be critical. Just know they just took a trip back into the Garden of Eden, back into the flesh realm. Come on, church. This is going to go somewhere this morning. In Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15, these are all prerequisite verses before we get into the two gardens. So we know that Demas took off because he felt the tug. The tug. Come on, church. I know what's coming up this afternoon. But God never asked us to live by the eggs. God asked you to live by his word. Demas had been around Paul. That would be like hanging out with the Kentucky Wildcats. That should rub off a little bit on you. I think they're 35 and 0 right now. He hung out with the Apostle Paul. But the world was so attractive, he just took off right back into the other garden. It doesn't say if he ever returned. I don't know, so therefore I'm not going to say. Back in the day when I was in college, let me give you just a real good sample of something you need to consider. Where the Bible is quiet, be quiet. Don't ever try to put something in there that isn't there. Uh, That's all over Scripture and closes out in the book of Revelation. 
So I don't know what happened to Demas. I don't know if he eventually returned to the Father's heart. But please don't sit wherever you are in your lofty moments in the garden of the Father's heart and going, man, I would never go back to the things of this world. Are you kidding me? When I walked off this platform last Sunday, I thought, man, this is going to be a splendid week. My flesh will not show up. It showed up on Monday. I said, you dirty sucker. No, 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 not to anybody on the campus, to myself. I said, you sorry dog, here you are again. See, I told you, religious people are not comfortable around Jesus. No, 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 I didn't say I was him, but I am a messenger of what the Spirit of God is giving to the church for this hour. Your flesh will show up, and if you let it, it will show out. But pastor, where will it take me? It will change your address and take you back where you've already where you've already been. So Joshua stood up, so young people, this applies to you. You can start out any semester with straight A's, but if you don't stay in there and keep working by the fourth nine weeks, you could be in serious trouble academically. That also applies spiritually. In Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15, listen to what Joshua said. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Where is your address? Where do you really live? Well, you know what, pastor, some days I kind of just straddle the fence. If everybody treats me right, I'm right over here in the Father's garden, Gethsemane, doing his will. But boy, if somebody rubs me the wrong way, I just step right back over and I'm in the flesh. Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You want to be around people that serve God. You may not realize this, but there's a double, actually triple, covering over this facility. There's this roof line, and then there's the major roof line. But over this house is the umbrella of His protection. I don't think I would just go running out whenever. I said that one time to the Lord when things were tough back in the 90s. I said, God, you may have brought me to Florida, but I can leave whenever I want to. I see it right now. I'm getting a lot of, woo. But I got to tell you, through the years, how many Christians have said, I'm done with Calvary Worship Center, which is now Forward Church. I can go wherever I want to go. Really? Who's your king? You don't go just wherever you want to go. Can you imagine Jesus saying, I know what you want me to do. I know that Golgotha is in front of me. But you know what, Father? I'm going to do whatever I... Sounds like the flesh in prayer, doesn't it? See, if you really want to go ahead and look at your prayer life, you can actually listen to yourself pray, and it will tell you which garden you're... Come on, church. Come on now. Hello. Hello. Let's take a look into the Garden of Eden this morning, which is the always. It is the will of the flesh. The Garden of Eden is the will of the flesh. When the Lord brought me to these passages this week, I said, God, there's nothing in the Garden for me to learn. Anybody else ever like that? You go to a passage of Scripture and you go, man, I've read this before. I mean, what an attitude towards the Father. Come on, church. I did. I said, what can I learn from the garden? I know what happened in the Garden of Eden, and I know what happened in the Garden of Gethsemane. What do you want me to learn? It was a real snotty attitude. A real snotty attitude. 
Oh, man, you mean I got to repeat that course? I've already had Algebra 1. I got to take it again? Man, I can't stand the course. And on top of that, you mean I got to have her again? It's the same attitude on earth that I showed towards my Father in heaven. So I want to share with you what the Holy Spirit finally got through this thick head. I know you just nudged your neighbor and said, I told you he had a thick head. But have you looked in the mirror lately? We all come from the same thing, clay. Every one of you are just like me. We come from clay. The difference might be if the potter's in charge. What you talking about, Pastor? I'm the potter. I can tell. Let's go to the Garden of Eden for the will of the flesh. In the Garden of Eden, if that's where you're living today, if that's your address, there will always be the deceiver. And the deceiver will use relationships to deceive you. It's in the garden of the flesh that relationships are destroyed. But it's in the garden of the father that the betrayer shows up in the form of religion. Uh Uh-oh, the Holy Spirit must have been talking to that thick-headed person when he finally humbled himself. I've never seen that revelation before. So if you see relationships in your family, in your friendships, that are tattered and torn, there's a deceiver in the midst. He's always in the garden of the flesh. Sir Walter Scott put it this way. Oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. You might be sitting there this morning like I was early last week saying, man, there's nothing in this for me, God. You could be sitting there right now going, I don't care what Scott said. I don't see any web around my life right now. That's because when he comes, the first thing he does is affect your eyesight. The Bible says that he has blinded the eyes of the world to the word. Come on, church. Come on, church. Man, Pastor, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't feel like there's a web around me. I I know there's been some kids who've deceived me, and I know there's some co-workers that are saying some things behind my back, and, and they're kind of this and that, but I don't feel like there's a web around me. Keep playing in the garden. My grandfather on my dad's side was a phenomenal farmer, and he had an incredible garden. His garden would probably be the size of this room this way. And there were times when he did not want me in the garden, which you know what that meant. When he wasn't looking, go get in the garden. Come on now. I told you we're all clay. Soon as somebody tells you what you can't do, what do we do? We're going to go do exactly what they said we couldn't do because they ain't watching. Well, her name was Edith. Sorry, I know you're home. I would never name my, never mind. Well, even if Curtis O'Dell, that was grandfather, that's a payback for all the things you said to me. He was a character. He was a farmer. And he was raw bone hard. When I knew he was out there on that tractor over there somewhere on those back fields, 
that little idea, don't you go in the garden, came up. We're talking about the garden of the flesh, ladies and gentlemen. And I said, you know what, he can't see me. And on top of that, he couldn't hear me anyway because of that tractor. Oh, farm all. So out to the garden I went. Problem is, I forgot about Edith. I wasn't even thinking about Edith. Bless her heart. I don't know how she saw me from the farmhouse, which was like for me two miles away, which it really wasn't, but it seemed like that. And you know what happened at supper time? You all know what happened. She ratted me out. And you know what he said to me one time? He said, Dennis Wayne, I'm about to call your dad. And that would be like, thank you for reminding me, Kelly. Man, don't call my dad. I'll stay out of your garden. Come, come on, church. He, he wasn't smart enough athletically or he could have busted my chops that way. Like, you know, do some sit-ups, some push-ups. Some of you guys need to do some of that. Would you all really like for me to come back and coach you guys up? I bet you would. Never mind. But he created some other consequences. It taught me to stay out of the garden. What are the consequences that God's been setting up in your life to get you to stop going back to the garden of the flesh? Operating there. When you know how severe the consequences are when you play with the deceiver. Oh, it's okay. I can go here and I can do this and I can go here. I can go to any school I want. I can live wherever I want. It doesn't matter who. Keep talking. He's working. Ooh, I sense the Spirit of the Lord here. In Genesis chapter... If I don't finish it, I know next Sunday is Easter, but I'm not committed to the ideologies of the church. I'm committed to Jesus Christ. And if I don't finish this message, I'm coming back next Sunday to bring the second half, which would be in the garden. I understand the resurrection. He's resurrected right now. I wish we'd celebrate beyond Easter the resurrection. In Genesis chapter 3, let's take a look at what it means to live in the flesh. I want to ask you a couple questions this morning. Question number one, who do you entertain? What do you mean, pastor? Check your conversations. Check this one out. Genesis 3, 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals. Man, ain't nobody smarter than me. Sounded like the devil talking to you. Man, nobody can outwit me. Not outwhip, outwit. And outwit. Man, I can hold my own. What you mean you're going to tell me? You can't tell me. He was crafty. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Who is this to tell you what you can do and what you can't do? So I'm going to ask you a question this morning, church, and I know we're going to have a lot of fun this afternoon. Check your conversations. Who are you entertaining? How can you know from the garden of the flesh that in the cool of the day, the creator of the universe is going to come and walk with you and your husband, Adam, but here you are earlier in the day having conversations. 
And I hear kids all the time in school go, man, dude, I'm bipolar. I want to say to them, get off the fence, you'll be fine. <laughs> See, and I know if this place was filled with the medical people right now, they'd go, now, brother, that's not right. Let me tell you something. I've been around bipolar people, and they need to be set free. Well, that's Holy Ghost stuff right there. Well, that's it. I, I don't know about that. I, I don't know if I'll be able to come back now, what he just said right there. How in the world can you be over here in the flesh listening to, having conversation with the deceiver of all deceivers, knowing that in the cool of the day, Father's coming? Ooh, the Spirit of the Lord is here. From your entertainment in conversations, let's go to the second question. Who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe what he just asked you? In a moment, you're going to hear his response in their conversation, he being the deceiver. Or are you going to trust what Father has already done because he took you from his side and he took him from the dirt and made him and brought life into his body and then he took and formed you from his side. Are you going to go on what you already know or are you going to go on the deceiver's Ooh, Spirit of God. Ooh. So who will you believe? You need to check your ears today, church. Listen to what the deceiver said. By the way, you all know who the deceiver is, right? None other than Satan himself. Formerly known as Lucifer, one of the archangels in heaven. Who was a worship leader. But he got tired of bringing honor and glory to the king of kings and wanted a little bit for himself. The Lord has quieted this man's heart. When I was much younger, I thought, you know, Lord, if I do a good job preaching, could you at least let people let me know? There's something inside all of us that would like to have just a little bit of the cheese. Come on now, unless you're deceived, deceiver. The deceiver can turn you into a deceiver and then you meet with other people and all of a sudden, uh uh-oh, that web of deception is now working in other people's lives the way it worked in you. Bad company, the Bible says, corrupts good character. Who will you believe? In Genesis chapter 3, verses 4 to 6, listen to what the liar said. Oh my goodness, did you hear what pastor just said? He called the devil a liar. Well, listen to what Jesus said. He said, you're the father of lies. So there's no truth in him. But listen to what he said to Eve. I know I'm, I'm right where you all are this morning. Pastor, I already know this. Which garden are you living in? Really, truthfully, what is your address? Listen to what he said to her. You won't die. God knows, listen, and verse 8, and the woman was convinced. A deceiver can convince you. Oh, man, dude, you don't have to work out. Man, you look at your body. You got a good-looking body. Man, you don't need to go in the weight room. At least, ah, no more than once a week. See, a lot of times we take God's word and we want to elevate it to such a level to where it doesn't seem to make sense to us. 
But see, the Bible says that the Word came down and dwelt among us. We need to bring God's Word down so we can get a hold of it. You used to be an A student. You used to have a great job, but you started hanging out with people that were negative in your break rooms or in the classrooms. And all of a sudden, your grades took a dip. Well, when you hang out with dips, you're going to get the same thing they've got. An empty dipstick. At one time, you used to be really positive and upbeat and always looking above all of the clouds and you could see the sun coming through. The other night, we were over in Williston and it was kind of an overcast, gray, misty. And all of a sudden, there it was again. And I turned to my wife and I said, there's the sun behind the clouds. And I was reminded of what my father said, and you heard me say it several weeks ago. The sun is always shining behind the clouds. But all of a sudden, your demeanor has changed. You were constantly in fellowship with the Father. You had access in the kingdom, and he was constantly bestowing upon you. But every day you would go to that break area, and you start listening, and you start listening, and you start paying attention. And all of a sudden, they were convincing you, and that positive outlook and attitude starts to shift. Ladies and gentlemen, if he could do it to Adam and Eve, he can do it to you and I. If I was to stop right there, that should stir every one of you. Unless unless you're here and you're not nervous around snakes, and there may be some of you that love that. So this illustration is not for you. But for the rest of us, if we were to release snakes through every one of these doors right now. I bet you start praying like you never prayed before, maybe in languages you've never used before. (laughs) I do not care for snakes. I probably am borderline petrified of snakes. Don't care for them. I know where they ultimately come. No, 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 no. You co-play with them. Oh, by the way, let's talk about a deceiver for a moment. By the way, I'll come back with this message. I've always had a giddy feeling on the inside when these individuals who work for circuses work with these wild animals. The Bible says that he was a wild animal more crafty than all the other animals. Now listen closely. I've always been amazed at individuals who fool around with lions and all of these animals that in a flash can take you apart. And for years, everything... Man, Pastor, you're such a joke. Man, Pastor, you don't know anything that you're talking about. And they just keep playing with these when they're so beautiful and they're, we've got them so, oh, manicured and they're so, they're so, oh, they're so quiet and they're so soothing. And then all of a sudden you hear, as we have all heard of stories, where that animal has turned on them. He'll play with you as long as it takes. But he's planning on sending you to hell. There's that word again. I'll be gum. Came two weeks in a row and he used that word again. He said hail. The enemy is in it for the long haul. If it takes years to bring me under and destroy the ministry and to destroy my family and the heritage, he's all in. He is all in in destroying your life. He loves to see us know the Father but live according to the flesh. Oh, the Spirit of the Lord is here. Let 
Let's go to the third one. And then as we finish the garden of the flesh, which is the garden of Eden, we're going to pause for this morning so that we have plenty for this afternoon to take care of. And we'll be back next Sunday. If the Lord asks me to put it on the shelf, we'll put this on the shelf. I will obey the Lord. But how many are starting to see there is a difference between the two gardens? How many understand that we are all prone to sometimes hear his voice, jump back up on the fence, and have a tendency to lean back over into the flesh? So the first question was, who do you entertain? The second one was, who do you really believe? You need to check your ears. And by the way, you can always get... Holy Spirit of God. You can always find somebody to agree with you. Oh, baby, let me just get on that. You, if you're with the right people and they're not giving you what you want to hear, all you got to do is open up your windows and open up the door. There'll be an idiot who'll show up. Ooh, did I say it that way? There'll be somebody that'll show up and, and tell you what you want to hear. Come on, now give God praise in this place. Man, the Spirit of the Lord is here. How many are having a good time? Check your ears. Who are you going to believe? I want people telling me what I don't want to hear because I need to hear the truth. That's what Edith and Curtis O'Dell did. That's what my parents did. Notice I changed and didn't use their names. And now I won't do that. That's my mom and dad. Now, Kurt, that's another story. I know he's laughing right now. Listen. Listen closely. Surround yourself with people who give you the information that will keep you in the ear realm of the Father's voice. If you're looking for the people of the flesh, they're everywhere. They're waiting on you. And they're willing to give you their counsel. But why don't you check their track record before you listen? Listen. Two further questions as we move towards the finish line this morning. What is your shame? The Bible says that the moment that their eyes were opened, they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. I've been thinking. The Spirit of the Lord's been dwelling on the inside, creating new thoughts. I want to pause right there, can't stay long, and then I want to move to the last question. The moment that their eyes were opened, they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. Have you ever noticed that the world's not at shame in regards to sexuality, but many married couples have all kinds of issues sexual? Oh, there, the man of God just went off the deep end. The world outside of marriage should be ashamed of herself. Everything in marriage that has been made covenant, whoops, we're on the wrong garden, that has made covenant with the Father, the Bible says that the bed is undefiled. Uh-oh, uh-oh, looks like he's been with God this week. Uh-oh, looks like the Father's opened up some information to the pastor here. Everyone that's having sex outside of marriage should be ashamed of themselves and repent. That means change your mind before you change your clothes. Oh, that was a good word. Because real repentance isn't seeing how many tears and snot bubbles you can blow. 
In fact, the other day, oh, Jesus, I don't know if this should be on the podcast. A little boy came into the school, and he was out of control, and I set him down right in the middle of the administration. Father, forgive me. And he just starts going off, going crazy. And I'm looking at him, and I'm going, oh, yeah, come on, bring it. Come on. Oh, you got more in there. Come on, keep going. And he's just pouring out his eyes and tears, and, and he starts coughing. I said, oh, there's got to be more. Keep going. Come on. I'm just egging him on. Come on, come on. And then he looks at me, and his eyes are real wild. And I said, you got anything else? He starts snorting and snotting, and it's just starting to blow out his nose. And I go, oh, yeah, look at this. Ooh, look at this. I said, when you're done, how would you like to have me get, give you three of those? Some of you are looking at me like right now going, God, thank you that he's not at our school. <laughs> and you know what? When I brought that paddle out, man, all of a sudden, sucked that stuff right back up. Yeah. Pulled out. I said, ooh, how'd that taste? You know I'm for real. I said, don't hold it there. Just go ahead and swallow it. Mm-hmm. That really happened. After his father came and we had a great conversation, I said, hey, do I have your permission that the next time he starts doing this, can we go ahead and start the process? I said, you know, I'm close to 900 years of age, and uh, back in the day when I got in trouble in school, I got in trouble at the house. If I got lit up at school, I got one in third grade. That was the end. Man, when I got home, I got it tore up. Ooh, baby, it was hot. So I brought my cherry paddle out that was made for me through the maintenance department, and I laid it down, and I said to his daddy, I said, so what do you think? He said, I'm all in. I said, I'll start with one on day one if you'll back it up with two on day one. That still equals three. I'm pretty basic, man. Let's see, I do one, dad does two. That's still three, isn't it? Yeah. What, Pastor, where did you go? right into the garden of the flesh. Many of our children need a consistent line of discipline. You may do whatever you want. I tell the kids every day at the academy, you're free to do whatever you want, but your consequences are already locked in. Watch this. You can sit under the gospel of Jesus Christ and absolutely miss heaven. Your choice built in consequences. Watch this. I'm going to do whatever I want. I don't care what my parents say. I don't care what the man of God says. I don't care what the community says. I'm now in charge. Absolutely you are. Have you looked at your consequences? Have you considered where that could take you? It took them out of the garden. No longer would he be showing up at the cool of the day. Who would that be, Pastor? No longer would he come in the cool of the day from the heavenlies and begin to walk down among all that he had created looking for those who he loved the most. Oh, by the way, there's not a deceiver that you've ever been around that loves you. Oh, the Spirit of the Lord is here. I'm trying to find out where should I stop. Let me say that again for my own heart. There's never been a deceiver So some of you have been wondering, really, how old is he? He's not 21. He can't be 200. 900? That's way back in the Old Testament. In my 61 years of living, I've never found one person who deceived me that cared about me. 
I can't give you one name in 61 years of living where a person deceived me and came back in and said, hey, guess what? Coach Weber, Mr. Weber, Dennis, I'm right there for you. I almost said another one, brother. I've learned the hard way. Stay out of that garden. Thanks, Curtis. You better get out of that garden. Or he'd say sometimes, son, Son, his favorite name for me back in the day, are y'all okay? We're, we're almost there. He would call me a little jackass whenever he felt like it. Boy, that made me mad. I wanted to tear up his tractor. I wanted to do everything. He really did. I'm telling you the truth. I used to go home and tell my dad. And then I, when I grew up, I thought, I wonder what he called him. But he was a good man. He just was hard. How many remember those way back those days? You have to be at least in your 30s, okay? And then climbing. Those, that generation, they, they would flat tell you. They didn't care either. But he would come to me sometimes at supper and in his sweet way, occasionally. And he would say, son, were you in the garden today? I'd lie. That reminds me. <laughs> the, the other day I was talking about... I'm almost done, folks. I'm not up here for my own good, okay? I'm trying to finish what God has planted at this point. The other day I was doing a motivational. I do it every day in the morning. I did a motivational on laziness and heartlessness and that they're connected. And I openly said to our kids, I said, some of you, I didn't name anybody, some of you, are extremely lazy. I wouldn't hire you because you go to sleep in the classroom and you go to sleep at the labs. And I said, that's a sign you have no heart. Well, at lunchtime, one of the kids come up to me and they said, Mr. Weber, can I talk to you? I thought, well, Lord, what do you think? I'm in constant conversation with him. He's the only one that will stick close to me. (laughs) I said, Lord, what do you think? He said, listen to him. And he said, Mr. Weber, I was really offended this morning. I said, by what? He said, you called me lazy. I said, what? I said, you did yourself. I, never even, I didn't even look at you. And secondly, I didn't call your name. He said, well, I have a heart. It's just sometimes I'm lazy. I said, well, good start. That should help you. Your eyes took me off course. You've got beautiful eyes. Make sure you always keep them for the king. Ooh, Jesus. I can say that. That's my granddaughter. See, now he's out there flirting with the kids. That is my granddaughter. Thank you. Let's tie this together, please. So he would look across that um, table in the farmhouse, and he'd say, Son, son, were you in the garden today? No, Grandpa, I wasn't in the... I didn't call him. No, I didn't call him by his name. No, Grandpa, no, I wasn't there. He said, all right, come with me. Lord Jesus. Now I know why he was a foreman in a big factory many years ago. He said, come on, son. Down the porch steps, two miles out to the garden. That's what it looked like for me when I was younger, not smaller. Thank you. And we would get out there and he would say to me, 
You know, yesterday, I hold everything. And when he finished, he always finished to where there was no tracks. He was big time gardener. Hold on, church. I'm not trying to keep you. The Bible says that Jesus is a gardener. I'm not even going to finish the first part of the message. We're there. And he'd say, son, come with me. And we would stand at the beginning of the garden. And he'd say, he changed his tone and his language. What are those right out there? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What, what, what? Where, what? You know what. You want me to call your father? Oh, jeez. Like calling God. And then I would break. And I'd say, I was in the garden. What were you doing in the garden? I was looking for fresh corn. That's true. And they had the great onions. And I was looking for some onions and some tomatoes. Did we ask you? Now we're back in the kingdom, aren't we? Did we ask you to go pick any of those? No. Then you had no business in the garden. And the cool of the day, the Lord would come and say, everything is yours but this. And doggone it, when we're told everything but not that, that's exactly where, we just want to go right there and get that. You mean I can have the most beautiful wife that you bring to me, but I can't have anybody else's? You mean as a young man who follows Jesus Christ, I've got to keep everything inside and my pants up? You mean I'm not supposed to be out doing it with everybody? Will you stand with me, please, this morning? The Holy Spirit is here this morning. And we are believers. I would say probably across this room, the majority of us know Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. But I'm wondering this morning how many of us have found truth in God's Word where we absolutely know what it's like to have the Father's voice. Oh, is it beautiful. To have the Father's voice and for Him to come in the cool of the day or in the heat of the moment like He did the other day when He told me in the office, I love looking at that light right there. When I was really upset about the Title I stuff and, and the computer was just doing what it does and I was losing it, I heard his still small voice and he said, be still. Just be still. Oh, it's so good to hear the Father's voice. But you know what? There's just a tendency. I just love to be able to get on that fence. Kind of feels kind of good on my booty. Ooh, yeah. I like that. Ooh, that feels so good. Ah, I like that so good. You guys got to play this out in your own minds now. Oh, this is so comfortable. Oh, that's so, oh, it feels so good. Ooh, ah, that feels so, ah, ooh, yeah, right there. What? What? Huh? What? What? I can't hear you. What? When? Tonight. Uh, oh, ooh. Oh, okay, just a second. Uh, no one's going to know. Come on. You sure? Come on. Come on. Really? Come, come, shh. Let me tell you. I know, I know, I know. Shh. Come be real quiet. I know what your parents have said. 
God. Oh, you're into God? What? Yeah, I need to go. No, 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 just, just a second. Are you sure he really meant that? Are you sure? Well, I, I heard, I heard, what did you hear? I heard the pastor preaching from God's, God's word? It's irrelevant. It's outdated. What do you mean, God's word? This is your finest hour. This is your moment. If, if you just, listen, listen it, it's yours. It's available right now. Wait a second, wait. Wait wait a second. Father, is that your voice? Father? Oh, that's not. Father, Father, Father. Come here. Are you calling? Are you calling? No. Father, I'm sorry. Forgive me for entertaining, opening up my ears, having conversation. Father, forgive me. I am yours. My heart is yours. My soul is yours. Put a watch over my lips and put a light before my feet that I may walk in your path. Father, thank you for giving me a brand new address. I don't want to change it. Thank you. From this day forward, Father, my choice is to follow you and to invite others to follow you. Thanks, Father. Thanks for listening to this edition of Forward Church Online. We hope this has been a blessing in your life and that you'll share this and other great resources with your friends. We want to invite you to explore our webpage at www.myforwardchurch.org. There, you'll find online giving, church events, and so much more. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Twitter as there's always something happening around Forward Church. If you're ever in our area, we'd like to extend an invitation to come be a part of one of our live worship experiences. Thanks again for listening to the Forward Church online podcast. Have a great week.